What, what specifically do you think it is that you're struggling with? I'm struggling with the name change. Um, you know, when you're pregnant, you spend nine months, like, coming up with names. You know, I got an ultrasound. I knew I was having a boy, combing through all those baby books, picking the perfect name. I really liked the name, Kevin. And I saw myself as the mother of two boys, so I feel like I have to change my identity now, too. Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. Not long ago, we heard from a listener named Karen, who lives in Pennsylvania. And before we start, if you could just introduce yourself the same way that you might introduce yourself to a stranger or if you met someone new and wanted to tell them who you are. The only problem is that's one of my questions is I don't know how to introduce myself anymore. The reason this is so hard for Karen is because a while back, one of her kids, who's 21 years old, told her that they identify as non-binary, which means that their gender identity falls outside how we've historically defined male and female. I thought that um, Kevin was totally typical boy, always had a girlfriend, just I plays video games, all the stereotypes that I would have thought for boys I saw. So this came as a complete shock to me. And are you close with your kids? Um, yes, yes, very close. I mean, I gave up, you know, I stayed home with them. I did everything for them. So I, I would say... Um, you know, my identity was totally as being the mother of these two boys. Karen's oldest child now goes by the name Kay and uses the pronouns they and them. Kay first told their mom that they were non-binary in a phone call while they were at college. I knew something was up because he said, um, could you please go to a room where no one else can hear you? And he said, I want to tell you something, but he really didn't want his father and his brother to know. And I went into... um, a room and shut the door. And I mean, I was really just in shock and, and I couldn't tell my husband, which was really hard because, you know, that's the person that I would normally talk to the most. I think I have a good marriage. Yeah. So it was incredibly difficult. So I kind of just found out and then um, went to bed quickly because I didn't, I, my husband was going to know something was wrong. And have you told your husband or Kay's brother since then, or are they still in the dark about this? No, they know now, but um, Kay just told his father only, I think, the end of February. So it was well over a year that I held the hold the secret, which was really, really hard. Can you tell me what Kay said? Like, how did how did Kay describe this to you? Um, they said, imagine if you had a headache all your life, but you didn't know that there was such a thing as pain reliever. So you just knew that something was terribly, terribly wrong, but you didn't know that there could be a fix. And then one day someone comes and gives you some Advil and you realize that you don't have to live your whole life with a headache. How did that make you feel? Um, You know, it makes me feel sad because obviously my child's been in a lot of pain for a lot of time, but I just didn't have a clue because I just didn't see any signs of this. So The name change is really hard and the pronoun change is really hard for me, but I also really care about my child and I want to have a relationship with my child and I want my child to be happy. So I want to be able to come to terms with this. Do you feel guilty that you're struggling with this? Yes. Yes. I feel like mothers should just be unconditional love. And I do really, really love my child. And I really, really want to have a good relationship with my child. But I'm being called that I have to accept this, but I'm just, you know, it's been 
it hasn't been quite two years yet, but I, I, I wish I could just flip a switch and just be completely on board with this, but I still I struggle. Karen obviously loves Kay and is trying to support them the best she can, but it's tough for her to wrap her head around this. And one thing that makes it harder is the fact that so many people around her refuse to believe that non-binary is real. On today's show, we'll meet another mom of a non-binary child who had many of the same feelings and experiences and can help Karen understand this better and embrace it. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. When Kay came out to their father, how did that go? And how, how, is, how is Kay's father dealing with it? Um, just kind of like an ostrich, just putting head in the sand, like, I'm just not going to deal with this. And I believe Kay told my husband that it was okay if my husband kept calling him Kevin. So that's what my husband's choosing to do. But that's one thing that makes it actually really difficult for me is to try and start using the name Kay, but then I'm kind of afraid to use it around my husband and he won't use it. And how does that make you feel, the fact that your husband seems to be dealing with this differently than you? Well, he's also a year and a half behind me, so I have to grant him some grace on that too. I mean, it's really hard, but I've known a lot longer than he has, so I need to be fair to that too. And what's your relationship with Kay like right now? Did does Kane know that you're how much you're struggling? Um, I don't think so because I asked Kay to come with me to two therapy sessions last summer while they were home, and um, they got upset that I cried. Which is why we wanted to introduce Karen to another mom who's been through something similar and now leads a support group. My name is Lisa Delcall. I currently live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and I am the parent of a non-binary young adult, a very proud parent, I might add. Lisa gave birth to twins about two decades ago. And as a teenager, one of her children told her they were non-binary. My child that was assigned female at birth came out to me at the age of, oh, 14 going on 15, just before they started high school. Um, and yeah, it was it was difficult to wrap my head around. I mean, I, I have you know gay friends, people in the LGBTQ community, but I hadn't heard of non-binary, and it was a concept that it took a little while, frankly, for me to to actually get and then apply to my kiddo. Um, so I totally get um, Karen taking some time to come to terms with it. It definitely does. Lisa's kid, who's now twenty, changed their name from Natia to Nikita. And while some non-binary and trans people say that using their old names is hurtful, it was a struggle for Lisa to call her kid by this new name. I was like, don't label yourself. You can't know yet. And that's a very common misconception that you can't know what your gender identity is at that age. I mean, it was I think it was a form of denial. 
I just said to them, hey, give yourself some time to figure out who you really are, not knowing that that's exactly what they had been doing for the last year and a half. And how did that, how did that impact Nikita, you think? Oh, um, I remember they told me they had gone back to their bedroom and called one of their best friends crying, saying, oh, my God, she doesn't get it. And they, I, th- they were pretty upset, um, understandably. It, it was just through my own ignorance, those things that I was saying that I now recognize, ah, <laughs> you know, I kind of stepped in it a little bit. I mean, it's a learning curve. I, d- I didn't know anything and nothing, none of it was ill-intentioned, right? But that's why I started the support group that I have. It is for parents of transgender kids and it's only for parents of transgender kids so that people like Karen can come to the group, talk about their feelings, and you can express that and work through it, but not unintentionally hurt your kid. So this brings us to our first rule. It is okay if this is confusing and if it's hard for you to process. The fact that these conversations are happening between parents and their kids, that's something new. And to a parent, it can feel like your child is suddenly saying they want to change overnight. But it's important to remember that for your kid, this is likely something they've been processing for a long time. And this isn't a choice. It's a recognition of who they really are. And so the more acceptance you can show, the better for both your child and for you. And my kid said, Mom, I'm the same person, you know, like really frustrated. And in that moment, I actually asked myself, okay, so what is it about this kid that you value? My kid is smart. They're funny. They're empathetic. They're wise beyond their years. They're witty. All of that is still there. And when I finally wrapped my head around that, I went, okay, I am not losing this person. I just have to change my frame of reference. Um, That was a huge relief to me. But it does take a while, you know? And it's like, I think it's like... um, Like anything else, when people talk about, you know, big life changes, you know, grieving, for example, it's not the same path for everybody and it's not the same timeline for everybody. What I finally realized is I'm not grieving my kid. I'm grieving the expectations that I had for my kid. And you've held those expectations for your entire life. And it's hard to let those go. Karen, let me ask you, does this sound familiar to you? (laughs) Yes. And... Um, when she said that her child said, I'm still the same person. So I got that exact um, statement to me too. But my reaction to it was sort of like, well, like if this, if you're just the same person, this shouldn't be any big deal. But obviously this is a really big deal because you've changed, you're changing your name. And so if it wasn't a big deal, there wouldn't need to be a name change. So it is a big deal. Well, I think, Karen, you've, you've really got a good handle on that piece of it, because that's a, that's a hard piece to learn, that this is not about us. Transgender people have always existed. It's nothing new. Our awareness is new. Our awareness is definitely new in our society. When you start to add in the nuance of, I don't feel like I am either male or female, or non-binary can also be, I feel I am some of both society doesn't know what to do with that. And one thing that I do want to bring up that I think is really important is language. So another thing, Karen, that you're going to have to learn is when and how to gently correct other people. It's a habit. 
and you're going to have to force yourself to use that name and force yourself to use those pronouns. And it's going to feel weird for a long time. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying it's easy. You can get there, but you have to do it and you have to force yourself to do it. This is our next rule. Approach this like anything else that's a change in your life, like like you're building new habits. Karen says one of the reasons it's been so hard for her to use the pronouns they and them is because of her day job as a proofreader. The first few times it was just really difficult because that's what I do. I pick apart grammar all day and, you know, it's confusing if you say um, they are coming to visit me this weekend. Most people are going to expect more than one person's coming. So it's just it's confusing. Well, and you know what? We also use they all the time as a singular. Everybody does it, and they've been doing it since Shakespeare. If you think about it, you go to the post office and you said, oh, yeah, you know, that that clerk behind the counter, they didn't give me a really, the cashier at, at Walmart, you know what they said to me? You use it all the time. It's just a different context. Well, I've been trying lately to use the name K and they, and I'm going to keep practicing, and it's helpful as I've been able to tell people. And right now it's really difficult because... Um, my husband is still using Kevin, and it's like, it's just very difficult for me to go back and forth. Something that we did in our family, when Nikita first came out and we were changing the names and pronouns, Nikita was hesitant to correct us every time. So finally, I told Nikita, you feel free to correct us anytime. We are not going to take offense. We're not going to get angry. But I also said to Nikita, understand that, you know, you've had a lot longer than we have to think about this. So we're going to mess up from time to time. It is not out of malice. It's not because we're not accepting. Um, so please don't be offended. Just correct us and we'll, you know, just give each other some grace and mercy. That was helpful. Another issue that parents often grapple with is trying to figure out, how do I share this with everyone else? That's been a tough question for Karen. I, most of my friends were stay-at-home moms and we, you know, I was in a mom's club for years. We did everything. We had play dates. My whole schedule revolved around them. And in fact, today I'm still friends with a lot of those ladies. And for those who don't know yet, I mean, the first thing anybody would ask me is, hey, Karen, how are your boys? So, you know, at that point, I don't know whether I should interrupt people that I'm not going to see that often and say, oh, well, it's not actually two boys anymore. So I just kind of at a loss as to how to talk to people right now. Our expert Lisa says it's true. This can be hard. And it helps to recognize that it can be hard. Because here's the thing. It's not just the kid that's going to be coming out. The family comes out. And it's not a one-time deal. You're going to be coming out over and over and over. And you have to determine in, in sometimes, like just right on the spot in a, in a split second, how much do I reveal to this person? How much do I tell them? You know, for people of faith, if they come out to their to their church group, a lot of times, you know, there's they're ostracized. And that's a scary thing. So what do you do when other family members or your community aren't as accepting? We'll find out after this quick break. Reboot your credit card with Apple Card, the only credit card designed for iPhone. It gives you up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase. Plus, Apple Card has no fees, not even hidden ones. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone. 
Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Variable APRs for Apple Card range from 19.24% to 29.49% based on credit worthiness. Rates as of February 1st, 2024. Terms and more at AppleCard.com. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. We're back with Karen and our expert, Lisa Del Cole. One of the hard parts of being a parent is that we know that discrimination exists and that there are people out there who disapprove of anyone different. And as a parent, we want to protect our kids. But how do we do that? How do we deal with the stress that comes from worrying for them? I've spoken to Kay about this. Is that I feel like when I was in high school, I know there were gay people, but no one would have admitted it because it was just so taboo. And, and so I feel like this might be something that, you know, 20 years from now, people are just really accepting of. Fortunately, Kay lives in a very accepting world. Kay said all their friends are completely supportive and accepting. But unfortunately, being a little older, I don't live in that world. I hear all the hatred towards transgender people and people just say awful things to me. For example, I have a family member who said recently that they think that you should just take all transgender people and lock them in a house and burn them alive. So that kind of makes it really hard because I know I don't want my child to encounter any kind of persecution. And when when other people have learned that Kay um, is non-binary, how have they reacted? So I haven't told a whole bunch of people. I've been kind of telling people who I know will support me. There's a few people I should probably tell who I'm imagining that their reaction will not be great. Um, I have one coworker who I know will <laughs> will be, you know, I, I already know what her views points are going to be on this, so I don't really want to tell her, but it's kind of hard when, when people are saying, you know, how are your boys? So, so in that type of a situation, I will say, yeah, I have a son and my other kid is actually non-binary. And I just kind of present it as matter of fact. Um, you can tell by my, my, my tone of voice and my demeanor. I, I love my kid. I'm proud of my kid. I am not ashamed of this at all. This is just who my kid is. But I recognize that other people don't know what it is. So yeah, non-binary means they don't, for my kid, it means that they don't identify as either male or female. So we use the they, them pronouns and their name's Nikita. And then we just move on. Lisa, you live in Oklahoma, which which is a, a conservative state. Mm-hmm. I imagine that some people have negative reactions. What are those negative reactions like and how do you deal with them? You know what? I have yet to meet somebody who has the audacity to react that way to my face. That's the deal, right? 
there was a person actually that I talked to at work one time and we were, we, I had known him for a while. Um, he knew I had kids. He knew I had twins. Um, and we hadn't seen each other for a year or two. And he's, Oh yeah. So you have twins. Tell, tell me again, boy, girl, what? And I paused for a minute because I knew this person was conservative and I, wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I thought, no, this is my kid and I'm proud of my kid. And so I just said, well, I have a boy and the other one is trans, is non-binary. And he physically, like his eyes kind of popped, you know, and I, and I just said, I know, right? Like, I mean, imagine my surprise when I found out, <laughs> you know, I kind of, I kind of joked a little bit to, to let him know that it's okay to be surprised. And then he asked a couple of questions and I said, Hey, I'm glad you're asking. And we had a conversation. Um, I think that the anticipation of a negative reaction, we anticipate it more than it actually happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, I need to ask Lisa too, like how I can get more educated on this because mm -hmm. this, I really truly still don't understand it a lot. And I would love to get more information on how I can learn more in case anyone does ask me about it. I don't know that I could really explain it. So two references off the top of my head. One is PFLAG, pflag.org. If you go to their website, they have some fantastic resources. And actually a friend of mine ordered a bunch of it and brought it with her when she went to tell her family about her kiddo. The other resource is Stand With Trans. It's another group that I'm affiliated with. They provide support for both parents and for the transgender kid. Here's our next rule. Find online resources and community groups so that you can learn from other people. This is complicated stuff. It's okay to seek out help. But the more we speak up on behalf of our kids, the more we make the world a better place for them. Lisa, let me ask, what do you say when someone, for instance, says, wouldn't it just be easier for your kid to identify with the gender they were born with? How do you respond to that? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I had that thought. Absolutely. Yes, it would be so much. I, I actually have even said it'd be so much easier if you were just gay because people understand that. Um, yeah, I'm not joking. I, that was my first thought when they came out to me. My first reaction was, I'm fearful for my child's safety. Um, but that's not who my child is. And so, you know, this is why I'm glad to have conversations like this with people like you because I was exactly where you were. I didn't understand it. And if we can, if we can, kind of educate ourselves and, and come to a better understanding of it, then maybe that world will be safer for my kid. I think it's really powerful. Karen, what do you think about that? I think that she sounds so good. <laughs> I just want to, I'll have to write that this all down later and just try and memorize it. Cause boy, did you sound good, Lisa? That's, that was great. Well, remember I've been doing this for five years, right? And it's still new to you. Um, and that's why I'm saying, yeah, it, it'll, it'll come eventually. As you, it's like anything, as you learn more, you can speak about it more confidently. Like how, how would you do a conversation with someone who said that they think that transgender people aren't even people and they should all be burned alive? And if it's a family member, I'd say, whoa, wait a minute here. My kid is transgender. Do you understand that you're talking about <laughs> this horrific act against my kid? I would be saying, here's the deal. I don't ever want to hear anything like that again. The person that you knew as Kevin is transgender. Kevin goes by they, them pronouns now and identifies as non-binary. That means Kay doesn't identify 
as either male or female. So I'm going to let you sit with that for a bit. And, you know, and maybe that's the end of the conversation. Let them go away. Let them think. And who knows how that turns out. It may be that they are hardened in their position. They're never going to change. Or they may come back in a week, two weeks, a month and say, okay, I thought about what you said. Um, I get it. I still don't agree with it, but I'll use the name and pronouns. You know, hey, that's a start. I sort of wish I could just like a Cyrano de Bergerac thing and I could go talk to these people and you could speak in my ear and tell me what to say. Here's our last rule. This whole process takes time. For you, for your family, for all of us in society. But to be an advocate for your child right now, to be on their side in what can be a world that doesn't understand them yet, you can't stay quiet. And that doesn't mean you have to go march in the streets if you don't want to. But it does mean standing up for your kid with the people you know. That's what parents are supposed to do. And you can even do that over email, over Facebook. It doesn't have to be a conversation. I mean, there have been some conversations that I just have not wanted to have face-to-face. Have face face. I mean, it's acceptable, because remember, you got to take care of you too. You can't advocate for your kid if you're not okay. So if it's more comfortable for you to send an email and say, look, I have this news. I just need to let you know. How about you contact me when you're ready to talk about it? That's acceptable too. That's great advice. Karen, one other question. Can you tell us a little bit about how the conversation with your husband has gone? It's not something that he'll discuss with me. He says he doesn't want to talk about it. He's going to act like it's not happening. He got permission to keep calling Kay Kevin, and he's going to roll with that. What would you say to him if you could talk to him about this? I, What I have said to him is that he's supposed to be my person. Like, he's my husband, and we're supposed to share what's going on with each other in our lives. And it's something that I need support on and want to talk to him about. And he said it's not something that he's willing to talk about. But I don't want to paint him as a bad guy because he's really not. It's just he's he's a really great guy. And he's been the most amazing father. He was so active in everything in their lives. And it's just not something that he can deal with right now. Karen, can I offer something up? Um, Sure. Even if you said to your husband... I know that this is really tough and I know that I'm ahead of you and that you can't accept it right now. And that's okay. He's on his own journey. And I think if we can give each other space for that and to acknowledge that, and if somebody can say, here's as much as I can do right now, and you can say, fine, I'll take that. Excellent. Here's what I need from you. Just let me use the names and pronouns and don't cringe when I do it. Or what I, and I'm not saying that's what happens, but you know what I mean? Like just little things like that. Just those baby steps. Those are excellent points and I can definitely try that. Yeah, you just, ha- you, I mean, you may have to pick your time. I guess, I, you know what I want Karen to know? I want Karen to know that she's doing a great job and the fact that she is educating herself and the fact that um, you're keeping communication open with your kid, you are miles and miles ahead of where you think you are. Thank you. That's really encouraging to hear.
Thank you to Karen for sharing her story with us and to Lisa Del Cole for giving us such great advice. And especially since this is Pride Month, we hope that you have more conversations like this and that it helps us become a more inclusive world. If you'd like to find more information on supporting the LGBTQ community and and people who identify as non-binary, you can check out pflag.org. And by the way, a couple weeks after this conversation, we got an update from Karen. After the podcast, I told my husband that from now on, I would be using the new name and pronouns. He didn't react at first, but then two days ago, he used the new name for the first time. Also this week, I got a chance to connect with some friends and I told them the news. They all reacted very positively and were extremely supportive. Thanks, Karen. We're so happy to hear that things are going well. If you're struggling with something and you could use some advice, send us a note at howtoitslate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. And to make sure you don't miss any new episodes, Subscribe for free to this podcast, How To, wherever you listen. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant, and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Kevin Bendis. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening.